Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's great to be with you. I put on my Facebook page that I was going to be here today and people are saying, wow, the King's Church, it's going to be a great day. So uh, we have to believe Facebook, don't we? If, we? if we don't believe heaven, we've got to believe Facebook. It's going to be a great day. It's good to be with you. Great to be with Phil. As you said, we don't know one another well. But, you know, I just felt a connection this morning when I was down there. And we, uh, I just think I, j- I just got stuff in my heart over, over his life. And um, Emma was there, but she's with the children now, isn't she? And uh, are we ready for the Word of God today? Amen. Amen. It's, uh, while I mention it, I celebrate, if you can call it celebrate, 50 years of being a pastor this year and uh, 50 years of ministry. And I put in a book, and incidentally, this isn't one of the free books you get with speakers, um, but uh, I put some of the stuff that God's dealt in, encamp- in my encounter with him over those years, lessons I've learned. And, uh, you know, our, our growth in God isn't always like that, is it? It's more like that sometimes. And so it's a very honest book and a very real book. It's on its third printing in 18 months, so there's some of those available later on. But right now I want to come to uh, the Word of God, and we're going to turn in the Scripture, because what I'm going to be speaking on this morning is making space for grace. Making space for grace. Say it with me, making space for grace. Really, really important thing, because what happens is we, um, Pastor Phil was mentioning earlier about faith and God. Um, meeting with us at the level of faith when he was praying just earlier. And we think faith is me having a problem, God having an answer, and I bring my need to God's answer and I've got a miracle. Now, if that was all there was to it, then what would happen is we'd all have every prayer answered, wouldn't we? And how many people know we don't get every prayer answered? In fact, it's sometimes a good thing we don't get every prayer answered because some of the things we want aren't God's will. But there is a third factor. We're going to look at the scripture and to see this amazing third factor, not fracture, factor. Oh, it won't be a fracture. Uh, this third factor that will open up today for you, not next week, sometime in the future, today for you. Things over your life that have been waiting to find a place as an answer in your spirit can be an answer today. Are you up for that? All right, we're going to be looking at that in a minute. I want to start with an illustration. I want to, um, you know, the A380 Airbus is the biggest passenger airliner in the world. Singapore Airlines, they began the, um, the design and the production of it. And it costs billions of dollars, billions and billions of dollars. So it's very important that when this airliner comes into, uh, into fruition, that it lands in as many places as possible. Because they want to recoup their money. They get money every time. Uh, that it lands in an airport around the world. Also, people on the ground, they want this Airbus in their airport because it brings 550 passengers every time. So I hope you get where I'm going with this analogy. There's something in heaven that wants to land, all right? And something on earth that needs something from heaven to land. The thing is, we think if we just pray and fast, and I'm in, you know, I believe in that, don't, I'm not knocking prayer and fasting, but we think if we pray and fast, what will happen is, if we pray and fast enough, then the answer will come. Well, I want to tell you, you've got an airport, because I checked on the internet just as I, before I came here today, you've got an airport in Cambridge, haven't you? Yeah. You're never going to get the A380 Airbus. 
You can pray until you're voiceless. You can fast until you're a skeleton. Cambridge Airport will never get the A380 Airbus. They said, wait a minute, people in Cambridge would love those people coming in, those consumers coming in, customers coming in, 550 at a time. I'm sure they would. Certainly, those people who use the A380, whichever those airliners are now, because there's many more than Singapore Airlines, they would love to land in as many places as possible, but they won't be coming to Cambridge. You know why? The landing strip isn't big enough. It's not about prayer. It's not about fasting. It's not even about holiness at that point. You won't get... I, I was preaching in Los Angeles a couple of years ago when they were spending millions and millions of dollars, not on another plane, and not on another terminal, but creating a bigger landing strip for the A380 Airbus. You see, sometimes when you're on holiday or on business or whatever and you're flying, you're about to land in 15 minutes. My wife and I will be preaching, uh, speaking next week in Geneva. So we're flying out this week to Geneva to a church there. And sometimes when we, before we're about to land, we get this voice saying, you were going to be landing in 15 minutes, but we're holding a holding pattern. Have you heard that? There's some congestion on the ground. And so what's going to happen is we're going to have to circle, go around in circles until there is a space. Now, the space in that situation is not the length of the landing strip. It is because, well, there might be some, there might be more planes coming in than they can cope with. But in other words, sometimes something has to be cleared on the ground so that something from heaven can land. Here's the question that we're going to be looking at this morning is how big is my landing strip? And what could happen in my life if my landing strip was bigger? And here's a big one. What is held in a holding pattern that God's got for me, my family, and your church? What is being held in a holding pattern because there isn't space for it to land? So we're going to turn to the scripture there. We're going to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. It's a well-known story. It's called, you know, at the top of my Bible, it says the widow's oil. And you know the, the background to it. So we're going to read a few verses about that. I don't always do a Bible reading, but I want us to do it because sometimes the most familiar passages we think, or oh, we know them, don't we? And so we don't really, we skip read them. Uh, but I want us to read this passage because it's important. So we're in 2 Kings chapter 4. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Now, Elisha was like the big guy, the main prophet. If you're not, if you've only recently come to Christ, who's this guy, Elisha? Well, he's like, you know, the main man in the country. He's the man who's everybody else he's related to in some way or another. And under that is a load of uh, prophets who are learning to be prophets or they're prophets in a small locality. And a wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves. Now let's get the background here. Here is a godly woman who's not doing bad stuff. How many people know bad things sometimes happen to good people? Hey, that's true, isn't it? That's true. And sometimes we think, oh, it's the devil. Sometimes, well, no bad stuff ever comes from God. But God obviously allows us to go through some bad stuff for a particular reason. C.S. Lewis, the great writer, said this. Um, God whispers to us in our pleasures. But he shouts to us in our pain. For pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. 
And what that means is, let's see how many honest people we've got in Cambridge, King's Church. How many of us pray more when we're in trouble? A lot of honest people. And that's why we have to have a bit of trouble sometimes, because sometimes God has to get us to our knees. And she was in a mess. She's a godly woman, and she says, look, I want to be real. You know, there's nothing more wonderful before God than you being real. If you're going through a tough time, don't put on a charismatic, Pentecostal, smiley face. If you're dying inside, say, God, I need you. I want to be real. It's tough for me right now. God doesn't think you're a bad person because he knows how you are anyway. If your marriage is struggling, he knows your marriage is struggling. You know, God knows this. Reality, reality is so important to God. I'm going to be speaking in the second meeting later on about being positioned to receive God's blessing. This is connected in some way with this word, as obviously you will, you'll have already worked out. But it's a completely different concept in terms of receiving from God. And so she's in a bad way. A husband and her have got into debt, not because they're buying Sky TV and 50-inch TVs. They're in debt because they can't have enough money to eat. You know, it's just not anybody's fault. It's just, it's life. It is what it is. And she's almost blaming the senior prophet and saying, look, your servant is in problem, and therefore, why aren't you doing something about it? That's virtually what she's saying, actually. And Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all. And because she's an honest woman, she says, well, that's not quite true. I do have something. I've got a little bit of oil. I don't know what your story is. There's a disadvantage in being a visiting speaker. I come here today. Many of you have never heard of me before. You might have seen me on God TV or a conference or something I've been at. But most, nobody really knows me at all. And so you don't, you don't know, do we know this guy, do we trust this guy, you know, what's he really like and whatever, and uh, why on his book is he's got no beard and he's got a beard now, all those really important spiritual things. But you know there's one great advantage of being a visiting speaker when you don't know anybody. You don't know anybody. That means if I say something into your life, it's not because I visited you last week, the pastor did that, Are you with me? Yeah. It's because God's got something to say to us. Right? And so she's in a situation, she says, I've got nothing. And she says, well, I've got a little bit of all. I want to say this morning, and please, I'm not being blasé. I'm not, I'm not rubbishing or minimalizing pain or stuff we go through, because God knows we all go through it. But if you feel everything's been taken from you, if you're a Christian, you've always got a little bit of oil. That's called the Holy Spirit. And out of that miracle of the Holy Spirit, God will generate a miracle out of that out of that thing that's in your spirit. He will use the spirit of God within you to generate that which is not there now. Whether it's health, whether it's finance, whatever it might be, whether it's a change in relationship, God will do that. So she is honest and she says, I've got nothing. And then she says, well, we'll be totally honest. I have got a little bit of oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Now, God doesn't waste words. That word is very important. We'll see in a minute, empty. Don't ask for just a few, right? That's very important. Very important. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. That's important. We'll come to that in a minute. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. See, he didn't say, bring in empty jars, and I, the great man of God, will do a miracle for you. He says, it's not about me, it's about God. See, what we have to realize is this, and when, again, I often say this when I visit and speak to you, 
speakers, people like myself, and obviously like your, your pastor, but all speakers are postmen. Basically, that's what we are. Your postman has never, ever written a letter to you, but he delivers every letter you get. Because his value is not in writing letters, but faithfully to deliver, are you with me, accurately and faithfully a word from somebody else. So in this great, great leadership lineup, I hope you're all going to be there, in this great leadership lineup, the fact that they're great names, and some of those are friends of mine, some of them I don't know as well, that are on that list, but I want to tell you, the names are irrelevant. My name's irrelevant. It is, is the person who's speaking in this microphone bringing my life and my family, if I'm in a family, are they bringing a word from heaven? Are they being a true postman? Are you following me? Are we being a true postman? And so let's go back to what it's saying here, he says. So it's not about, I will do the miracle for you. It is, listen, this is your God. He might have been like an under-prophet, but the point is, God is the miracle worker, not me. So I'm just going to stand back in this corner while you see, as you present these jars, you see what God will do in your life when you invest the little bit of oil that you've got and expect God to do a miracle with it. I'm telling you, I feel goosebumps all over my, you know... I'm preaching two or three times a week and, you know, and sometimes I'm preaching, I'm trying to be honest obviously with the word, sometimes I feel a sense of God in the house and I'm telling you, I feel, I know what, I don't say it everywhere I go, believe me, because, you know, but I feel that there's something over this fellowship. Are you excited about this church? Wow, what an awesome thing. And I'm feeling in the congregation what I felt in the office with the pastor, so goodness knows what God's got for you in the time, in the years and months rather that are to come. That is, that is amazing, but... Wow, that is, that is something. So thank God for that. So, let, so here we are. He says, I want you to go to your neighbors and get some oil. And then she brings in these things and bring me another one. There is not a jar left and then the oil stopped flowing. Right, we're going to look at this now. And we're going to say, how does this make a difference to my life in Cambridge this morning? How is my life, my spiritual relationship with God, how is it going to be better in the future than it is today? I believe something will happen as we open our spirit to God at the end of this message in a few minutes' time. We're going to give space for that to happen, right? Because we're talking about making space for grace. So she hasn't got anything uh, about this all. So he says, go to your neighbors and get as many jars as you have got faith for. That's what he was basically saying. Don't get a few. Now let's imagine that this is where her oil is here, right? This is actually a full bottle, but let's imagine it was half full. And uh, she says, I've only got a bit of olive oil. Right, well, give me the olive oil. I want to show you how powerful God is. Puts his hand over the bottle, and it fills up. It was half full, and now it's full. How many people know that's a miracle? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. People go around, write books about it. They will uh, come and meet the woman at this conference who, you know, they prayed over some oil and it filled up. She's a superhero. The only problem is she's still poor because one bottle is not going to do the business of buying her sons out of slavery. You see, this is how bad her situation was. She was poor. That's bad. Her husband was dead. And in those days, the men were the breadwinners. The women weren't breadwinners at all in those days. So when your husband, who is your past, if you like, because he's dead now, he's dead, your past is completely shattered 
because your present is completely ruined because she's got no money coming in, but she's got two fit and healthy boys. That's her future, but she's in so much debt, the creditors are going to come and take the boys of slaves. So her mess, we think we're in a mess. Her past is ruined. Her present is in a total mess. It's a train wreck. And the future is ruined because the boys are going to be, any moment now, they're going to come and take them as slaves. She's in a mess. But she could have said, I've had a miracle. And we'd all say amen and clap. But the point was, the miracle wasn't big enough. Do you know, Sundays can be just about me getting my bottle filled up again. Oh, we had a great meeting on Sunday. Wasn't it good? Praise band were good. You got a great praise band. Praise band were good. Pastor Phil was really going for it again. He's amazing. It was all good. Do you know, I felt all drained one Tuesday, but by Sunday, I'm full again. Friends, I want to tell you, it's great to be full every Sunday. The problem is we leak. And by Wednesday, we need to be filled again. The world will not be changed by the spreading of the glory of the Lord over the earth from Christians who only have enough oil for themselves. I need something. See, we minister to people out of our overflow. When I seek God each day, I seek God for me. You know, my, my family and my neighbors are people I'm praying for and all that stuff. But if I go anywhere else and I have to minister, I need something more than for me because something in my spirit has to overflow. And the church, you see, you're overflowing into the streets. That is amazing. Just so blessed about so many things, what you're doing, kings on the streets, you know, because what you're doing, you're taking your oil outside the, outside the bottle when you do that. You're taking your, well, let's go to where this woman is. Let's talk about the situation she's in. Right, so the widow comes up, she says, she's starting off with her neighbours and she said, I want a vessel. I'm going to be telling some, I, I tell it like it is, I'm from Manchester, a northerner. Uh, well, you're a northerner, aren't you? And I just tell it like it is, right? I'm not going to use too much spiritual language. I'm going to say just as it is, right? So she comes out to this, knocks the door, first house. Every, listen, in villages, everybody knows one another's business. I live in a village, I know. That's good and bad. It's good and bad. Knocks on the door and says, excuse me, hello, look, mention about, they'll know her by name. What can I help you? Have you got a vessel? Well, what do you want a vessel for? What kind of vessel? Do you want to plant bulbs in it? Do you want to, you know, what is it? Um, cooking it? No, I want, it's an, it'll take oil. Oh, yeah, this is this woman. Her husband's dead. She's a widow. Her boys are going to be taken away from into slavery because she's got no money. Oh, I, what do you want, an empty vessel? Listen, here you are, love. I filled it up with my oil. The poor woman who needs everything she can has got to say, do you mind going to empty that? Wow. Because the Bible says empty vessels. I mean, it's like somebody, you know, God, you believe in for a thousand pound and some, he said, only take, only take a thousand, God's given you a thousand pound. Anybody gives you any less, say, no, I don't want it. I mean, when you're in that mess, you'll take anything. Right? You'll, t- you'll take SO reward vouchers. I mean, you'll take anything. <laughs> you're in that mess. Bouncer. So she has to say to all these very kind neighbours, I'm sorry, do you mind emptying that out? Are you serious? She says, yeah, I've, I've got to have empty vessels. What's that got to do with us? This is what it's got to do with us. Pastor Phil preaches, and out of the overflow of what God's doing in his life, you get some of his oil every week. Right? You watch Christian television and you're blessed by the teaching in some cases, not in every case. 
Sometimes I wish I wasn't a Christian when I look at some of the stuff. I don't mean that. But I mean, um, we're blessed. You put on a music cassette, or not cassette these days, CDs or streaming in the car, and you're blessed by some gospel artist. You listen to the praise band, you're blessed. Here's the problem. We can live, wait for this, on other people's oil. You see, we think that the more full we are, the more ready we are for God's fullness. No, the more empty we are, the biggest sense of need that you've got, you might think you're the least spiritual person in this church. You are a candidate today for God's blessing because you've got space for the grace that's coming. See, our weakness, our weakness is a prerequisite. I I think made back to when I first began ministry, I was uh, a pastor at 21 years of age, which was very, very young, but that's how it was. I was a pastor at 21 years in a a village in in South Wales. And uh, because I was young, um, the people who were getting saved in the church were more or less my age. Uh, but there was one or two older people, and one was an elderly lady who lived directly opposite the church, Mrs. Watkins. Her son was an healing minister, and yet he was near retirement. And she was away from all the family. So I, when I'm out visiting or going weird and there, I just pop in and knock the door. Uh, Mrs. Watkins, you all right this morning? You all right, love? Everything all right? Just that. It wasn't hours of Bible study with her, just asked how this old lady was. And I would do that. Anyway, I've been, I wasn't invited in those days out to preach a great deal, but... On this occasion, I was away for a while, and I said to one of my young leaders, they're all young, like me. Um, well, most of them were. There were one or two older guys there as well. Uh, thankfully, as well. Uh, um, that was good. But I said to one of the younger guys, you know, you go past Mrs. Watkins on the way to work, don't you? Can you just pop in and make sure she's all right, you know, because she's not being well while I'm away? Just pop in and say hello, she okay? He said, I'll do that. I come back, and I then, later, the next week, pop in to see Mrs. Watkins. Mrs. Watkins, how are you, love? Are you all right? Did, and I'll mention, call this guy's name Fred. It wasn't Fred. Did Fred come and see you? Oh, yes, he did. And was he a blessing? No. <laughs> so I thought, oh, dear, that's a pity. So he did come and see you, but he wasn't a blessing. He said, no. He said, all the time he spent with me, he would tell me, I can't believe the pastor's given me such a responsibility of standing in for him where I am. And, and he, he talked about, and she said these words, and she was a lovely lady. There wasn't a moment of bitterness in her, in her voice whatsoever. I've never forgotten it to this day. She said, he will never be f- truly full of God because he's already too full of himself. Wow. wow. So when we get full of ourselves, what happens is, where's, gonna put, where's, where's God going to find the emptiness? See, what the woman, that is, and please don't, this is what happens when you talk to Pentecostals, and I'm Pentecostal all my life. We think that we have to go around with kind of um, earth on our heads. Humility is saying we're rubbish. If you go around saying you're rubbish because you think that's humility or you can't do it, that's not humility, that's a lie. Right? Humility is just being real. It is not looking, not looking at ourselves. In that sense, it's looking at God. You see, if, if that's who you and I really are, and we talk up here, right, that's a lie because that's pride. Are you with me? Yeah. But listen, if we talk down there, that's a sin as well. Yeah. I'm not talking about we go around saying we're rubbish because we think that's spiritual. You, want to, we should, you know, Paul says, we, I can do nothing without Christ, but then he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So I just want to get that one out of the way there. I'm not saying 
that we shouldn't be confident in God and believe big stuff for God because that's the whole message I've got this morning. Right? Creating space. What I am saying is we shouldn't be saying, I can do it because I'm good, I'm spiritual, and I've got it all together. That's the bit that's not good. So your sense of emptiness today, your sense of unworthiness, and if it's unworthy because you've got sin in your life, you need to just deal with that, obviously. You don't need a message on that. Just deal with it. Right? But if the sense, I haven't been a Christian a long time. See, it's, I've been a Christian a long time. But it's not length of service that makes it with God. It's depth of service. Right? It's depth of service. Peter and John ran to the empty tomb when the women told them that Jesus was alive. Peter's a great big fella, you know, a heavy guy, big fisherman, and he's lumbering along. They set out together, but the Bible says, look at in the Bible, that John, who was more slight, he gets there first. Peter comes later, but what John did, he stopped at the mouth of the resurrection. And Peter, who came later, kept plodding on and went straight in and experienced it for himself. You see, it's not, we can stop at the edge of what God's got for our life. We can stop. And people can come on late, you know, so listen, I want to just encourage you, if you recently come to Christ, I want to get back into this word. If you recently come to Christ, don't think you've got to wait for 20 years or 10 years or a year before God begins to use you. If you will extend the length of your runway and believe God, God will bring something from heaven that will land. And if you just don't extend the runway, you'll always get light aircraft like they do in Cambridge. But if you want really to experience God's blessing, you extend your runway and you get the planes that get in standstill. Believing God. See, faith is not believing God can do it. Please, you look at me, some of you looking as if I'm a heretic. Faith is not believing God can do it. Faith is believing God can do it through me or you. If I believe God can do something through pastor, which I obviously do, then I've got faith in pastor. Faith is believing God can do it through you. So I don't have to witness to somebody and say, will you please come to church on a Sunday morning so that my pastor can lead you to Christ. Extending your runway is you leading them to Christ in the office. Extending your runway means that I'm not going to bring them to church, and by all means bring folk to church, obviously, but don't bring them to church because that's the only solution. That real kings on the streets, kings church on the streets, is where you are, be Jesus, and pray for people's healings. I think we were with my wife in the supermarket the other day. It wasn't actually the other day, it was a little while ago. Uh, and, and we're at checkout and she gets a word of knowledge for this lady in front. And, and she says, I've got a word of knowledge. For, and she doesn't do this, Marilyn doesn't do this all the time by any means. But she gets them in art, I've had art galleries I've ever, all over the place. And so I said, well, Marilyn, and she's not like an extrovert or anything, you know. She's not an extrovert. So I said, Marilyn, don't tell me, tell the lady because, you know, it's not... <laughs> And so, she's, so she goes up, the next thing I know, this lady's in floods of tears, God's spoken directly into our life. You see, extending the runways, not believing for God's big things in church on a Sunday, as we heard earlier, it is keeping that runway ready. Lord, I'm praying over this house right now. 
Father, wherever we see ourselves as being in God, we pray that right now there'll be women of God, men of God, young people, older people, who are right now extending the runway, not to receive any more light aircraft, but believing for your best blessings in Jesus' name. Father, we just see tarmac being rolled out right across the fields, way beyond the expectation of where it was before, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's go back into the story. So what she does, she goes and she has to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't take your oil. I've been told I have to bring my emptiness to God. You see, he wasn't asking for lots of vessels. He was asking for lots of emptiness. The more emptiness we give to God, the more space for grace he's got to fill it. Let's go back one little bit here. Go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few, right? Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Why? Shut the door behind you and your sons. Because there was a space. We're talking about space here today. There was a space between when the promise came of a miracle and when it occurred. In this case, it was ours. It was ours. But in those hours, if she'd left the doors open, the people could have come and took her sons before the miracle took place. You following me? And the miracle is ruined because they've got all the oil, but they've lost the sons. You see, some of you, and this is not a word of knowledge, this is the law of averages. In a congregation this side, there will always be people who had a prophecy over their life that's not yet been fulfilled. Is that right? A promise in your heart. You were reading the scriptures and say, God gave you that word. And you say, well, it hasn't happened yet. When it doesn't happen yet for long enough, this is what happens. We leave the door open to the devil who says, well, you're not as good as the lady who gave the testimony last week, are you? Because she got an instant miracle. And so my faith level goes down. You're not as good. I think God loves other people more than you. I think there's something. And the more doors and windows we leave open between the promise of the, of the miracle and the miracle taking place, it's more time for the person to rob us of our future. Rob us of our future. And so he says, I'm not going to risk. See, there's only hours here, but in reality... It can be months or weeks or years. Close the door to the devil's lie. So she shut the door. And her sons, behind her and her sons, pour the oil into the jars. And as each is filled, they put it to one side. She left him. And um, where we are. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jar to her and she kept pouring And when all the jars were full, that means there was no more space left. See, if you go into the chapter beforehand, you will find this, that the country was in drought. And uh, there's a whole load of stuff going on in the story where the prophet had a bad relationship with the politicians. And God says, go to the king and he wants a miracle. And he said, God, I don't want to give him a miracle. I don't want him to be blessed. You know, perhaps, you know, the king was a Tory and, and he was something else. 
you with me? He says, I don't want to bless it. Read it for yourself. I'm not going to take time to do it. I don't want to do it. And so God says, your spirit's not right. I says, you're probably right. So he said, bring me a minstrel. Worship bands are not here to fill in 40 minutes before the main event, which is the preaching. God ministers through the worship. Amen? He ministers through the music. It's ministry of its own right. And so he says, bring me a musician. And the musician came, a harpist came. And he began to play, and he says, Lord, thank you. You're getting my spirit right. And the Bible says the Spirit of God came on him. God, he got his spirit right. You see, the landing strip, this man was Elisha. He can, no, he can't do anything because his landing strip was clogged up with a bad attitude. Prophecy and revelation was held in a holding pattern until he cleared his runway of debris. So you can, have a, you can be a woman of huge faith, but if there's debris on your runway, nothing's going to land. I see roadkill every time I'm traveling, like you do, going down the road. I never see doves on roadkill. And he says, you need to get rubbish off your landing strip. You need to get, rub- you need to get this out of your spirit. He said, well, bring me a minstrel then. Get me a heart like, sorry, Lord. Let me just worship you for a little bit. I've got it cleared right. He said, and as his spirit was right, the, that which was waiting in heaven came. And here's the word. Fill the valley full of ditches. In the middle of drought, yes, you, you fill the valley full of ditches in the drought because it's too late once it starts to rain. And the Bible says... Every ditch that they dug when the water came was filled. They would be wishing they'd dig more ditches. It's the same story making space for grace. One was jars in the previous chapter. It's huge ditches. See, the problem with us, I've got the Pentecostals, and I'm a Pentecostal. We get what I'm going to call gully washer meetings. I'll tell you what a gully washer meeting is. I've been in too many of them in my life. I'm out in Arizona speaking at some conference with Jack Haver or somebody. And in the day, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's obviously, it's a massive, massive desert around Arizona. But in the night, it's raining. It's torrential. And you're thinking, the night, you're looking out the hotel window, you think, why is there no greenery in, in this area? Why is it a desert? There's so much rain. So in the morning, I say to one of the guys who works at the hotel, I say, why is it every night there's so much rain and there's no greenery? He says, the problem is gu- the gully washers. I said, what's a gully washer? He says, well, it's all hard-baked sand, right? Hard-baked sand. There's a word of God coming for someone right now in a minute. It's hard-baked sand. And these gullies are full of hard-baked sand. It's torrential rain. And if you stand by one of these gullies, you just see, you know, meet, you know whatever they measure cubic meters of water, flowing by and you think, wow, lots of rain. Here's the problem. It doesn't penetrate beyond a few inches. And when the sun comes out, it evaporates. I've been in meetings and I've been at the wrong end of it. Where I've been in a meeting and I'm saying, Lord, what a great band, what a great word, what a great atmosphere, what great fellowship, isn't it awesome? And uh, Lord, it's amazing. I'll go to the ends of the world for you. And this is a great river of blessing coming down. You can fall out with somebody in the car park. It was, it was like you're never in church. <laughs> hey? 
Where did that blessing go? Where did that happen? Why? Because it was a gully washer. The, it was God and it was revelation. It was blessing, but it didn't go deep enough. I didn't make space. I didn't open up. You see, this business of holding our hands and raising our hands in worship, friends, this is not some kind of charismatic choreography. That we do. It is, I am not close to you. I am open to you, Lord. Here I am. I make space. Come on, let's raise our hand before the Lord right now. Lord, I'm making space for you right now. I'm making, Lord, everything. Let's stand to our feet right now. Let's stand to our feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we open up our spirit. Father, we will not be closed. We will not be hard ground. We think of the time when the prophet came and said, Lord, we need revival. And you said, I've got the rain already in the clouds. He said, why aren't you doing it? He says, the ground is too hard. The ground is too hard. If I rain upon the ground now, it will be dissipated. It will be superficial blessing and it will be evaporated. He said, well, so Lord, what do I do? The prophet says, he says, break up your unplowed ground. Create furrows. I want space for my grace. I want space for the answer. And then it will not just be superficial for you. It will not be goosebumps going down your spine. What it will be, it will get right deep down into you. And the plow, friends, is a cutting instrument. And those of you who've gone through or going through difficult times, you've opened, it's opening up my spirit, your spirit, to receive deeply what God wants to do. Not stuff that's going to bounce off. And right now, Lord, we pray over this house. Right now, Father, we pray for an outpouring of your spirit that is not going to be a good meeting. It's not going to be a moment of revelation. But we open our spirit now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for, I see across this place so many furrows. This is a plowed field, Lord. This is a, this is a field prepared. Each of these hands raised are furrows. Father, we, we create space. Let's say to the Lord now, I create space for you right now, Lord. I, come on, yeah, let's say it out. Let's so that, that heaven hears it. I'm creating space for you, Lord. Lord, I'm enlarging my runway. Lord, I'm enlarging my runway. I'm believing. Lord, I thank you for the small aircraft. Thank you for the measure of blessing. But I'm opening my spirit now, Lord. I'm making space for grace. And I pray over my life, my spiritual life. I pray, and this is, I'm asking you to pray this, friend, body, soul, and spirit, over my body for health, Lord. I pray I make space for your healing right now. I'm believing for it. Lord, I pray now over my soul, my relationship life. Father, I make space for deeper relationships, for healed relationships, for openings of new friendships if I'm lonely. Lord, I make space for that. I've increased my runway. Father, I'm tired of small aircraft. I want, Lord, I want supercraft coming down into my spirit right now. Father, will you bring from heaven that is waiting for me? Lord, will you be praying that prayer? No more things in a holding pattern. Father, I think now of folk, men and women of God here, young people, older people, and just like the days in Hosea's time when you wanted to pour the blessing, but you wouldn't because there was not space for it. It was always there. You're more willing to give than we are to receive, Lord. You're more willing to receive. And now is the moment, Father. We have created the furrows. So here's the time. Just in a moment of just waiting on God, I'm going to stop speaking for a minute. And just in this moment, as we're hearing the music in the background, just gently open your spirit. And those things that have been held, promises are yet to be fulfilled, things that are dreams that have yet to materialize, 
prophecies that I've mentioned. Lord, in the name of Jesus, may that which was held in heaven find space in our faith right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.